So the reading this morning is taken from Acts 27, beginning at verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up on all hope of being saved. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail to Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever been part of those team building exercises. Um, and there's the, uh, one specific one I was thinking of where someone stands with their eyes closed and the team stands uh, around them and they fall back and the team will catch them. Well, I've never been one to trust any teammate that much. Apart from risk assessing the outcome if it all went wrong, I think there's always one joker in the pack. In fact, I had one boss send me a clip telling me he had my back one day, and it was the same exercise. And as the team shouted, don't worry, we will catch you, the person fell forwards. Um, now, it was funny, and I am trusting that there was a soft match that caught them as they fell forwards. But I often wonder what it is in people that they can trust people so implicitly when it could go horribly wrong. How on earth do they do that? Well, there are two sides uh, to trust in the passage of today. There's Paul's trust in God, which I can easily believe, um, especially if you've walked with God and know that he'll come through um, and trust for that. Um, but then there's the sailor's trust in Paul, and that's probably a little less easy to believe. But for God... You see, now Paul had been shipwrecked three times before this current event, and he had been in prison numerous times. In fact, for the last uh, the time he was coming out of now was a couple of years without being sentenced um, or convicted of what they were accusing of. And now he was on his way to Rome to see Caesar um, for the charges against him. And so he was a prisoner on this ship with no standing and no authority. The ship was carrying loads of goods that were worth lots of money, so the owner and uh, the captain wanted to get the ship uh, to the right port so that they could make their money. But it was in the autumn season, and um, the seas were bad, and if you knew anything about the seas, this was not the time uh, to be traveling. And so Paul, before they set off, said to them, we really shouldn't do this. But everyone ignored them because actually the next island would have better lodgings and they would be closer to getting their money. And yet, the Lord uses this story to teach us about trust. So here are some key things from the passage. 
Each one of us has a purpose or a calling. And you may think of a calling as something, you know, like, I don't know, ordained ministry or being a worship leader. But actually, calling is something where your passions cross your service for the Lord. And in that place, you find your calling. Now, there may be an overall plan uh, for your purpose, but along the way, there's smaller purposes, aren't there? When the Lord's wanting us to change some part of our character or change jobs or uh, reach out on a new journey. So there's small bits along the way. And we're called to be obedient to the Lord in those interim steps as well as the bigger step. It might be trusting for provision for something or safety. I mean, in these virus times, we're trusting him. We can be safe. It may be the longer term calling. But whatever we, it is, we know in those moments, God is saying, do you trust me? And after the resounding yes, there's quite often times of wobbles and wondering, uh, not sure if I should you know, back up my plan here. But Paul knew God had a purpose for him. He knew he had to get to Rome, and there he could tell people about Jesus. And so he settled into this journey, going into danger, knowing that there was a bigger purpose. God wanted him there. God would get him there. And so with those tough times ahead, they started the journey. Now, if we are called to our purpose, do we trust God to get us there? even when it looks disastrous, impossible, maybe there's some pain along the way. But there's something deep inside that says, actually, I need to be on this path. And then God gives us the grace to be obedient as we step out and we just take that little step of trust. And when we wobble, he'll give us a little bit more strength to trust again, because obedience leads to trust. It was looking pretty impossible for Paul on that journey. But Rome was in sight. Jesus, when he was in this place of fully human, wasn't exempt from this. Um, if you remember in Matthew, he was saying as he walked, uh, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. He knew there were tough things ahead. He was going to the cross, and he cried out to God. Now, if he had only focused on that and whether he could do it or not, well, since he's fully human, he may not have got there. But what he saw for, was forward. There's a purpose. That's what I'm called to do, and so I need to go forward. And yes, my Father will be with me. And so he ends that cry with, yet not as I will but as you will. And that calling was tougher than any one that you or I will be called to. And he trusted his father. When I went on the discernment journey uh, for ordination, I honestly didn't believe I'd get selected. And that was my backstop. I mean, look at me. I don't exactly fit the mold of a Church of England vicar. Apart from my love of orange um, shoes and strange hair colors, um, I step out where people won't. I will call things out that are not right. I challenge the status quo. Um, as the bishop has said, you're quite a rebel at times. Um, and I'll fight furiously for those uh, without a voice. I won't stand uh, for compromise if I believe God is in it. And yet, um, uh, they chose me and they selected me. No one was more shocked than I was at that point. 
And I spent three years in training not wanting to get ordained and thinking there must be a way out and God will take me on this path and then he'll get me out. And um, it was a tough journey of formation, which uh, most of us, uh, in fact, not all of us have found out it's quite a tough uh, journey. Um, but I knew that I was called and I thought, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you each step of the way with all that was going on inside. And I knew that he would be faithful. And, you know, it wasn't until a month before I got ordained, I went on an eight-day silent retreat. I was exhausted. I was broken. I was crying out to God to get me out. I just didn't feel worthy enough uh, to be ordained. And I just actually didn't think I was going to be able to go through with it. And in that place, God led me for the first time in five years, that would have been, to want to be ordained. And he got me there. One of my favorite verses, 1 Thessalonians 5:24. The God who called you is faithful, and he will do it. When you trust, he knows the way through the impossible. The second thing about trust is that along the journey, God lets us know he has it. Now, admittedly, um, it's not always clear, as clear as an angel appearing and giving you the instruction. That might be quite nice uh, sometimes, uh, but possibly uh, with a better message than Paul got. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And then he continues to say, I'm going to get you there, but not only am I going to get you there, I'm going to get the other 275 passengers on this ship to shore too. Because that boat was filled with 276 people of varying diversity. They were slaves, they were prisoners, there was the captain, there were the owners of the ship, they were business people. So, and they were the sailors, obviously. Um, each with a different reason for taking that journey. And in the midst of the storm, as they were thrown from side to side, um, there would have been a mix of hope and fear. And as they were being thrown about, they started to lighten the load and throw things over. And I guess that raised hope in some. Well, if we can do that, then this boat will get to shore. And maybe some were still thinking, we're just never going to make it. I don't know. But then, um, because that message had appeared, God had encouraged Paul. Now, the thing about when we trust the Lord, it influences other people to trust the Lord. And that's the third thing. This is quite a bit of the story that I think is, um, it always amuses me, really. Um, but it is quite significant for each of us as we witness to Christ through who we are. When we, when we trust, we encourage others to put their trust in God too. Our mere obedience, that one small step of willingness to trust, brings others onto a journey with God. And it may be that it's the beginning of their story of faith. Maybe it's for the people that came alongside me in ordination. It's when you're, you know, been a Christian a long time and you need someone to just help you trust and lift your hope again. Maybe it's to spur a friend on that's struggling. And sometimes our trust carries others when they're too exhausted or disillusioned to trust themselves. But whatever it is, our step of faith and our step of trust will draw others to Jesus. 
Paul obviously did get his dig in, if you know anything of the character Paul. He said, if only you'd listened to me, I was right. Look what we're doing, but hey-ho, we're here now. Um, and then he boldly says, which I always think is tricky, an angel visited me last night, and I'm sure out of those 276 people, um, there were definitely people who thought he was crazy. I mean, an angel appearing to chat to him in the facing death at sea is probably not what they want to, to hear. And yet he passed on the message courageously. The angel of God to whom I belong, whom I serve, stood beside me. So keep up your courage, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. You see, the Spirit, Holy Spirit opens up Paul's heart for everyone to see. And when the Holy Spirit works, then things are unstoppable. Here's Paul. This is my God. I belong to him. I've served him for a long time. I trust him. And he has said he will get us there. In that place of prisoner where he has no authority, no standing, and people can tell him to shut up, he had influence. Because God's words have power. And so when we trust God to get us through and we obediently follow and when everything points to there's nothing much to trust in, but I'm going to trust God anyway, then it is unstoppable. It only takes faith as small as a mustard seed. We're living in troubled times, and we all swing between fear and hope and somewhere in between. We all get fed up, and at times we get selfish, just like the sailors who were tempted to save themselves. And then in other days, we're fully on board and we can trust uh, like nobody else. But in this time, as we face winter going ahead, we do need to trust in God. In our fear, we need to trust. In our confidence, we need to trust. He has this. You have a purpose. God is going to be faithful to that. The smallest trust is going to get you and others through the darkest of times, you are going to be able to, with the faith of a mustard seed and a small step of trust, say to others and inspire them to be courageous. You can have faith in your God, whom you belong, to know that he will get you through. And together, we will get through. So, are you there? Are you going to trust what is that one thing for today you need to trust him with? And then hand it over to him. Amen.